Hey everyone, welcome to Super Talk Saga, the show where we get online and talk about the D&D campaign that we normally play on this same show. My name is Will Stark, I'm normally your dungeon master, but today I'm just your friend and I'm joined as always by... Josh Freeland, playing Josh Freeland. <laughs> I'm your special guest, Jake, played by me, Jake. <laughs> I'm Brian, and sometimes I pretend to be a space wizard named Echo, but I'm just Brian right now. And uh, we did it, guys. We finished uh, another arc of the yeah. story that is uh, the Dragon Star Saga. Um, hey. We only got two more to go. Whew, that's crazy. Uh, how's, that, how's everyone feeling after this, this last crazy arc? Yeah, intense, man. It's just, this whole <laughs> thing's been intense. This last arc was pretty crazy. Yeah, it was a fun one for me, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, I, and the, I like the whole... dive. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Josh. No, I was just saying, like, I, I love, like, sci-fi horror-type stuff. Like, one of my favorite movies is Event Horizon. So I just love anything like that's, like, horror and space. And just, like, it seemed like it had that feel to it. You know, I just really enjoyed mm-hmm. this one. So Yeah, it was, it, was cool. a, it was a fun mix for me. Also, like, I wanted to... So this arc, I had a couple ideas going into it. I think the, the top one, the number one one, was I wanted to uh, give you guys a break from the story before it becomes nothing but story towards the end as we get into the, <laughs> the final two arcs here. Um, yeah. I did kind of the, a similarish thing back in the um, the Blood Gala tournament. That was mm-hmm. a way for us to just kind of have fun that wasn't necessarily story oriented before we get whipped back into it. And yeah. uh, and I kind of did a similarish thing with the Hell Arc, except for the Hell Arc was very integral to the story. It still felt very like we're taking a side path here. And uh, the other was I promised the Dungeon Cast listeners long, long ago that I would uh, bring a space pirate lich into uh, <laughs> the campaign. So I was like, well, this is where I'm going to do it. Um, but yeah, before we go over this stuff, like episode by episode, is there anything anyone wants to say? Uh, it I, was I, a just, cool... I really enjoyed this arc. Yeah, yeah. It was a super dope um, like dungeon crawl because I don't know if we've really had a... Like a dungeon crawl like this before, maybe in like no, this was the first, or, yeah. Like this was a, like the fact that it this was basically six episodes, six seven episodes, all of us <laughs> crawling <laughs> floor to floor on this ship. Uh, like that was pretty intense, like from a player standpoint, because you know I didn't know when we were going to be running into shit. Like I needed to save my wild shapes, I needed to save my spells, like the yeah. the kind of the survival horror aspect of it was definitely interesting because um, you never knew what was going to pop up. And as yeah. players, we always assumed the worst. Like, you know, that, that door is going to be a mimic or, you know, there's a lich behind <laughs> this door and it's the fucking Maijin to ruin our day. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, no, it was it was intense. Yeah, that, you know, when it comes to the dungeon crawl, I, I remember thinking to myself that I need to find a way to, you know, give you guys a large amount of time but not so much time that you guys felt like you could take an eight hour you know rest whenever you wanted so that's when i was like okay let me give them a hard time limit and find a character who can tell them what the hard time limit was which i believe it was 16 <laughs> hours you guys had 16 hours to get in get so. everything done and get out um i guess one last thing before we get into it is uh when i started this arc i had zero idea where it was going i was really throwing the track down in front of the train as it went and um so much, pretty much 90% of this entire dungeon and story arc uh, got completely changed and altered and defined by what I ended up naming the Space Pirate Lich. Because I struggle with names. Um, I'm very bad at naming things. And I could not for the life of me come up with a name for this Space Pirate Lich Queen. And 
I eventually settled on the name Ryoka as just a very small um, modern uh, modification to the name of a character from an anime who's a space pirate. I'm a big fan of Ryoko from Tenchi Muyo. And building off that, I, this turned into the Tenchi Muyo horror show. And that wasn't <laughs> a plan. I, I had zero, zero plan uh, going in. And it turned into that. And um, yeah. I'm sorry, but also, you're welcome. <laughs> Super dope. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, let's get into it. So, the first episode of this arc was probably the episode I, I'm thus far the most proud of when it comes to the show, and it was Interlude 6, The Black Legion. Um, some big stuff happened in this episode, um, namely the crux of the beginning of the arc, which is uh, you guys were arrested and were being shipped off to New York, Hosea, by the Iron Legion in tandem with the um, Draconic Star Sovereignty before you guys were rescued by um, Black Legion, Jake and Brian. Um, big surprise. Um, Sebastian's uh, warlock patron has, has intervened, but, and he has a mission for you guys to send you to uh, take care of Ryoka and get the Soul Eater. Um, but before you guys could do that, you guys had some decisions to be made, and Sebastian chose <laughs> to kill his former mentor, his former Ooh. commander, Captain yeah. Davrax. Yeah, this was a this was truly an act of I dare I say evil. I say evil, right? Yeah, I like agree. This was, yeah. yeah, this was like Sebastian had been towing the line the whole way, and this was he crossed the line here. I, I felt like yeah. Um, so that was that was big for me. Um, Percy had some really in depth uh, uh, singer time with uh, yes. Rohorn. And mm, that yeah. was fun because that was I wouldn't uh, shoehorned isn't the right idea, but that was done in post. We we had shot the whole episode, and uh, we we were done. We were like, okay, episode done. And then Brian mid edit uh, decided like he felt like there wasn't enough Percy, and on on review he was right. So me mm-hmm. you, me and Jake coordinated on this semi voice acted like it was semi scripted. Uh, voice acted role play thing and that that ended up being so cool yeah. um, made the episode dope. so much better yeah. and uh, Brian I don't know if you want to talk about Echo stuff during the, the interlude because I know you're really proud of it oh yeah um, yeah that was a fun scene to write I really like uh, the direction that I've been able to take with with this I think I've got one more of those in me yeah um, good because there's only one interlude left I think Right, exactly. Actually, no, so. there, there is two. There well, is the two, next actually. one, and then one after. Yeah, yeah. But I think in <laughs> the style that I've, you know, there've only been a couple, but in the style that they've kind of cropped up, I, I have one more of those, um, and that's pretty much it. I, I'm still writing it. Uh, I have a general idea of one of two different concepts, kind of like the last time. I had like sort of two different things go on as opposed to the first one and the previous interlude where it's just kind of one solo message like echo calls home right um yeah this last one was like a you know explain my magic item like incorporation (laughs) how my armor works like kind of quantify some of the things that make echo special right um and this next one is going to deal with what happened on the ship and how echo feels about his past and like (laughs) the repercussions of like now Echo can't like bury his feelings. He's got to address them. He's angry. Um, he doesn't know what to do. So that that's kind of the direction I'm, and where I'm riding from with the character for the next. Very next excited phase. to see the next the next interlude for Echo. Um, that's another thing going into this arc. Um, 
was because Sebastian has been towing the line so long and knowing that Percy and Echo have been having kind of a problem with it, um, that was a big goal for me, was to show, like, okay, choices have been made. Now the choices have consequences. Not that I'm going to, like, make you, like, I'm not going to kill you for your choices. I'm just saying, <laughs> I like, hope not. Here, here are the consequences. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, sure. Now you've dealt with them thus far, and now now you guys have made other choices. Oh, gosh, we'll see where this goes. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but that was another big thing, is I didn't want the the whole patron thing and this whole, like, compromising one's morals to kind of just fall into the background of the greater story. Um, and I knew this was one of my last chances to really get a lot of that stuff out. And it ended up working out great. Uh, through the Mijin. It ended up, a lot of mm-hmm. stuff happened organically with, with Percy kind of bringing it up and talking about it and Sebastian yeah. being forced to face it and then Echo uh, kind of having this, his aloofness and his mysteriousness put to the side and he has to come out with, with some, some baggage and you got to know Echo a little bit more through that so that was fun. Um, does anyone have any comments about the Black Legion before we, we move on to the next episode? It was a tough decision to make there, like, when you threw that at I me. Mean, I knew I was going to have something like that come up eventually. I didn't know who it was going to be with or when it was going to pop up. But, yeah, that, that threw me for a loop. That was a tough decision to make for sure. So you, you caught me on my toes on that one. Man. I was like, woo. <laughs> I remember yeah. I really enjoyed how I had it phrased where it was like, um, Ramazal did you the favor of leaving him alive for you, but really it was like proof. Yeah. Proof, yeah, proof, proof how that you're, dedicated mm-hmm. you are. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That was rough. Sorry. That's mm-hmm. <laughs> all good. I think it really added to the story, though, so I'm, I'm happy with how it turned out. I'm glad. Yeah, I feel like with Echo, you can kind of see how he acts in that situation versus how he acts by the end and, like, the kind of decision-making he is sort of pushing forward. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I'm down to, like, backseat this hell shit, and then at the end he's like, nah, fuck all this stuff. I'm fucking over it. Like, <laughs> right, we need to right. get rid of this fucking ball of doom. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Jake, any, any last comments before we move on to the episode Crucible of Kumar? Um, I mean, I think myself, like, Percy's reaction was definitely my reaction to it, because I think I've, I've said this in the <laughs> Discord, I have a lot of... Uh, trouble separating my own lawful goodness <laughs> from my characters mm. so it bleeds through a lot uh, yeah. but yeah so percy that was i think the start of her being more and more um concerned about sebastian and the choice because in hell like we were kind of like okay you know things are kind of okay and then he started sending people's like souls to hell and we we're like ah. and i was like ah, okay like this is a little bit more this is a little less bit okay. more yeah yeah this like, is definitely less okay like this is the, yeah. the the fire with the dog saying this is fine but like there's more fire and the dog is melting and it's like yeah. okay this is less fire. I, I don't know and then uh, and then yeah that uh, that choice definitely kind of pushed it over the edge over the edge for her and she was like oh shit like this might be an issue and I don't know. Yeah, if- I think I think when he, when he starts sending souls to hell, you guys start trying to compromise. Well, like okay, well he can be selective about it, right? Like he can yes. he can only send the bad ones, and then yeah. bam, here's Davrax, good dude, very lawful dude, only ever done right by anybody as he as well as he could have. Mm-hmm. And no, you don't have a choice. Your master has called for this dude's soul. What do you do? Yeah, yeah we're kind of yeah. cornered there. He's in our way. It's like yeah. the obstacle mm-hmm. that we have to overcome mm-hmm. to continue. Mm-hmm. So that one, it's yeah. kind of like. Echo's like, I don't know what to do. I can't, like, say no. What the right. fuck's going to happen to me if we say no right now? Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
So, mm-hmm. all right. So let's move on. Next episode was called "The Crucible of Kulnar," which was named after the battle um, of which the wreckage you arrived at, and um, more I, like the Battle of Unkulnar. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I took I took a moment at the beginning of this episode to do a little bit more of. Uh, timeline pushing of like this war is happening it's 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 an ongoing thing and now more stuff has happened and you guys i again i just reminder to the audience and to you guys that the the war is the backdrop for this and the war is happening and here you are dealing with the remnants of a really terrible battle um uh enter the bellerophon giant black ship that likes to eat other ships um and you guys coming up Number one, really cool skill challenge of getting out of the way. That was yeah. really fun. Uh, then you guys decided to steal yourself in a metal pod and, and hurl yourself <laughs> in, um, which was fun, but crazy. Uh, and then the janitors attacked, and I had a lot of fun building those janitors. I think what I did was I I took the bone claw um, creature out of uh, Mordenkainen's, I think it was, and I added laser laser eyeballs. And which I think I, I just did, like, they were, like, based off the Firebolt cantrip, I think. Uh, yeah. Cast it at, like, level 12 or something like that. I don't remember. Um, either way, for me, that was a fun fight because their whole teleport thing made that yeah. a nightmare, especially for Sebastian, um, yes. who everyone knows, you know, Sebastian's the hardest dude to take down. He's got a billion AC, all the HP <laughs> in the world, hits, like, a truck. And um, so it was really fun to, like, poke some holes in him. Yeah. And uh, but you guys, you guys prevailed. So, any thoughts on this on this episode? I'm just curious, Will. What do you think we are going to do to try to get into the ship? What was your thought? Like, oh, I bet they'll do this. I'm kind of curious because we kind of went you know, off the, the rails a little bit. So, I was like, <laughs> I'm kind of curious what you were like when you're planning all this out. Like, what did you think in your mind? Like, oh, I have a feeling they might do this or that. Well, I think I just didn't think about it that hard, and I was just yeah. like, oh, they're going to see the ship. And they're going to be like, oh, we need to go into there. And so they were going to fly this. I thought you guys were just going to fly <laughs> yeah. it in there. I was going to do, uh, like, maybe not a skill challenge, but, like, a series of, like, um, skill checks to avoid damage to the Starling. Gotcha. Um, but, yeah, I thought you guys were going to fly in there, fly in there <laughs> and land. But, uh, but no, no, you took, you took a much more interesting route, um, which was fun. Yeah. It was cool, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Oh, another thing that happened this episode was uh, you guys got to witness firsthand the Soul Eater functioning and ripping all the souls out of the the remnants yeah. of the bodies. Um, you know, so that was fun. Yeah, definitely upsetting. I, I, I do like the. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, oh yeah, like, I think I, I took the opportunity there to skim a little bit off the top of you guys immediately by saying, "Okay, give me some of the hit die." You know, you guys don't get those anymore. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So. For sure. I did fairly well through the dungeon in terms of, like, those punishment points. Right, right. I I feel like, especially by the last fight, I was, like, full up. I had everything. Mm -hmm. Um, I definitely needed it, but we'll talk about that episode when we get there. Yeah, yeah. You were definitely in the best shape rolling into the final fight. Uh, Any other comments on the Crucible of Kronar before we roll into episode two of this arc? Or three, really, if you include the interlude. I think it was a wake-up call for, for me, like, the way the, the bone calls were, were designed. Like, okay, Will, Will has a, a grasp on what, what Sebastian can't take care of now. So I'm like, here we go. I was like, i got to rethink some of my, my strategies now and stuff because mm-hmm. now I have to adjust to these creatures that can attack me in different ways and transport away and stuff like that. So. Yeah, plus you guys were locked down by difficult terrain, so that made it even mm-hmm. harder. I remember yeah. Percy particularly shining and Echo shining as well yeah. in that fight. Um, I, I learned to hide. 
Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's true. It worked really, really good in the junkyard piles. Uh, that was also uh, the first introduction of like the type of the theme, if you will, to the dungeon, which was like yeah. the undead meet the construct kind of deal. Yeah, which is especially the first floor of the entire dungeon was really that was the theme I had going on. But uh, I guess let's move on to the Bellerophon, where you guys proceed to uh, begin exploring the mega ship. Um, and along the way, you find all kinds of worker phantoms, um, a bunch of cyber whites frozen in cryogenic stasis that you then accidentally woke up by leaving the doors open. You guys got attacked by <laughs> garbage oozes. Um, there was a, there was a flame skull in an orb uh, yeah. integrated with the computer system. There was an entire section where the, where the bone claws uh, dwelled that you guys did not explore. There was like six or seven uh. rooms. So you guys just moved on. Like, uh, I don't know if... Because you guys commented on both doors, and then you just went through one door and never looked back. Yes. Yeah, yeah it's kind of tough. We have, like, a limited time to play. So yeah, when we, it, we see two doors, and it's like, okay, well, it's one of these, and then we just go. And if it doesn't dead end, that's pretty much it. Right. Like, we're not going to double back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. That, really, that really did bite, uh, bite us there, because we did some things out of order. I think... Being able to turn invisible and pass without a trace kind of changed the way we approached the dungeon. True. Um, and, like, the way yeah. we sort of crawled through it was contingent on those things. Yeah, it was like every time you guys made progress, it was it was like you had passed a checkpoint and you weren't going back because, like, you had snuck this far to go back would be to alert people you were here. Yeah, and then the yeah. dice, you know, we failed the check for whatever investigations like ah, i'm not gonna fuck with that time to move on right right mm-hmm. yeah the were, nature of the game yeah i'll have to tell you uh what was in a door you guys skip later on um but for me this episode was about giving guys like a real taste of both dungeon crawl plus like the thematic flavor of this dungeon um there wasn't really any story progression except for at the very end you guys do hear a voice speak to you which ends up being the Maijin in the next episode Mm-hmm. Um, but this was just pure dungeon crawl, a little bit of combat, a lot of exploration, and uh, just a lot of flavor. I felt, but yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, we got to um, we got to see the dope rogue skills of Echo. Like I feel like in the yeah. the first couple floors of the of the ship, we really got to see uh, the different sides of Echo. Because before we you know we saw the blade song and we saw you cast mm-hmm. and. You know, you you were doing sneak attack and stuff like that, but there weren't there wasn't a lot of like sneak and there wasn't a lot of like hiding and stuff like that. So this definitely the the dungeon crawl gave you an opportunity to to shine and show those yeah. different aspects of him, and it was dope. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of funny that both characters I've played in the campaign so far have been like dungeon monsters. You know, like they've <laughs> been kind of built with skills designed to tackle dungeons high investigation like intelligence stuff is good for exploring true yeah um, sure. echo has like a decent charisma skill when it comes to lying so that is what i lean into there so when we interacted with npcs i got to do that um, but echo's whole backstory is designed to literally break into spaceships and like infiltrate them and fuck around inside so all the spells i i took I, a lot of them i've had since the beginning the beginning and i didn't really get to utilize super well until the dungeon mm, like i've had the sense. fly spell forever from yeah. the beginning and i finally <laughs> got to use it and it was so fucking dope it was Hell yeah. super cool yeah mm-hmm. absolutely mm-hmm. I, I very much look to uh, look forward to us talking about the final episode but we're not there yet yes yeah. um any anyone anything else before we move on to the Maijin? 
Mm-hmm. Okay. So the Maijin was uh, a linchpin episode in this entire arc. Go the first few episodes of this arc as I was writing for me I was just trying to take it easy on myself narratively speaking I was just like it's just going to be chill we're just going to dungeon crawl they're going to go into rooms there's going to be monsters <laughs> there's going to be traps we're not going to think too hard about this and then I started getting that feeling of like uh oh like this you know our arcs are eight episodes long each episode comes out every two weeks we're talking about sixteen weeks and I'm like sixteen weeks of like not exactly like any narrative building might be. I don't know, might be missing something for audience dry. members, might be a little dry, yeah. I started to get worried. So I was like, okay, well, why don't I why don't I try telling the story of how Ryoka ended up the way she is? Which mm. this is where the gears start turning. <laughs> I start pulling in anime <laughs> characters from this fucking uh horror anime. Oh my gosh. Anyways, and so I'm like, okay, well, how did they get here? And I start telling the story to myself. I'm like, okay, well, I'll just put like little little tidbits where you guys can like piece together the story and it just snowballed into you know you got to talk to everybody and i had to role play all these different women and um anyways they all sounded like men they all sound like men what can you do (laughs) (laughs) but you guys run into the maijin who is one of my favorite npcs i've ever made um three arcana lofts psychically bound together spinning you guys a story of how you guys are going to how he's going to help you get the soul eater. Really, he's just trying to free himself. He gives you guys some soul gems. He wants you to gather uh, essence or soul energy. or He says pieces of their soul. It's really just like pieces of their essence. Um, into these orbs so that you can get to the soul eater. Really, he was just going to hijack them and, and bail. Um, but you guys don't even get to that. Uh, you guys run into the princess. This is our first uh, NPC that I based off the anime. It's Princess Aieka. She's integrated with the ship, and she's looking for her lost song. Um, I'm still leaning into the horror theme uh, heavily at this point. I I slowly ease off that as we get to the very end of the arc. But any thoughts about this episode, about the Maijin, about the princess, about just, like, the whole, like, okay, you guys, you guys made it far enough to the dungeon. Now here's your tasks. Like, I don't know (laughs) how you guys felt about all that. Man, it made sense to me that we would get like some sort of side quest. I think I even said it on this episode. Like, we're you, like okay, got like a, we've <laughs> got to feed the bolts. He knows. <laughs> it's just you know, um, yeah. No, it was very cool. Like I was expecting something like that to happen, and once it did, like I was like, okay, like at least we have not like at least we're not just like stuck in this maze, not knowing where to go. You know what I mean? Like getting the direction was nice Mm, Uh, mm -hmm. and and also like i didn't i didn't even like know to distrust the maijin percy uh i think naturally is naive and trusting even though she swore not to be but like (laughs) it was like what else would we have done you know what i mean like there was no option just to be like oh well fuck you guys like we're gonna (laughs) keep on going like there was no doing that we're just like okay well we've gone at least a floor into this place it's pretty shitty. We don't know where the fuck we're going. And then people come in and they're like, hey, we can kind of tell you where to go, whether that was a lie or not. It yeah. set us on the path to where we needed to go. So we were like, oh, you know, this is true. Uh, this is okay. But they were also um, super filthy. I hated those <laughs> fuckers. <laughs> yeah, if I see him again, I'm going to turn him into the Daijin. Yes. Yes. <clears throat> Real quick on, on the Maijin being nasty, um, I based the Maijin off of the concept of these two magical races from this um, 
fantasy novel series called the Wheel of Time. And in the Wheel of Time, there are these otherworldly beings called the Aelfin and the Eelfin. And they're like fox and snake people, but they're very like fey-esque in their morality. And one of them feeds off people's memories and another one feeds off people's emotions. And um, I went with the fox people for this one and I just made it so that they fed off whatever I needed them to. I think it was memories and emotions. Um, cool. And then the symbol on their door was actually, uh, I took that symbol from the Wheel of Time. It's uh, the symbol of snakes and foxes, which is a game in the Wheel of Time. So that was mm. a big Wheel of Time nod. No one caught it. No one no one nice. said anything in the comments, which I was surprised about. But mm. but, um, but yeah, I stuck that in there. Are they, aren't they uh, making a TV series of Wheel of Time? Yeah, I'm sure it's going to be garbage. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way it's going to be good. There's just no yeah. way. It's, uh, yeah. I'm sorry. It's just when you got books that big... And they got that much going on. Them into, like how, yeah. it's, just, it's not. It's not going to be good. Just like if they yeah. try to make Stormlight Archives, which is probably one of my favorite book series of all time, it's it'll be garbage. I, I have no faith that it'll be good. And guess what? If it is good, I'll be pleasantly surprised. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But yeah, any um, any comments about the Maijin or the Soul Gems or the Princess? I, I loved how the 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 whole room was with the princess how she's integrated into the ship. I thought it was a cool, very cool visual and kind of just set the tone of how this ship how evil it is to have someone right. trapped for a thousand years like integrated into the ship and just part of you know it just it i just love the whole visual of that whole room and how the princess was integrated into the ship i thought it was really a cool flavor to have yeah I, uh that flavor i got i was inspired by some final fantasy 7 stuff um with uh, just the industrial kind yeah. of look especially with um if you're familiar with final fantasy 7 obviously the room where they they keep genova held and how she's kind of integrated that's exactly um, what i imagined when i saw the princess exactly and that's very much what i was inspired by um and throughout this whole dungeon i was trying to iterate just how twisted a lot of stuff is because later on when we le- meet lady camisa she's a bit of a um what's the word when something doesn't make sense like she is a just an anom- anomaly she's an anomaly but she's like uh she's like a walking contradiction, contradiction. Mm. Um, and she's like that in the actual show. Um, obviously, she's based off the character of Washu. And Washu is very charming, uh, super genius, very sweet, but also a mega, mali- mega maniacal. And her experiments are really fucking twisted. So uh, this was the beginning of that setup as well. In- oh, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. I figured all the NPCs were like personality inspired from these characters like how some of them are willing participants and then the ones towards the end were like where the fuck are we what is this right it's like kind of goofy yes like there's some goofy characters probably i'm, I'm forgetting the specifics of from right. from tenchi that are like making it into the game exactly like, why are the, why is there this dichotomy there oh it's because of the way that they're built from their personality yes exactly also i think at the end i just you know i, I was trying to keep the whole inspiration and stuff balance but by the end I just throw a, a, abandonment to the wind I'm just fuck it we're in a Tenchi anime now deal with it for <laughs> two episodes and then we'll be done it worked I, yeah. I, I want to parrot what Jake was saying about our Maijin quest mm-hmm. um, yeah I, I had the feeling like okay we're going to do this thing they're going to send us we're going to get a lot of data as we move and then we can like reassess so my plan was always to reassess before returning to them right but for a while, it just seemed like okay, we're gonna do this for the Majin. They're gonna fuck up. They're gonna fuck up whoever and right. get the hell out of here and use us. And it's beneficial, but not surprised at the end to find out that they're bastards. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. you know what? At the um, I had plans at this point 
of you guys were going to return to them. There was going to be a whole thing. But the way things end up going over the next few episodes, I end up, I'm, I'm pushed for time. So it's like, and we'll talk about it in the Lady Camisa episode because that's the episode where it's like, I, I felt bad because I was just like pushing you guys through the dungeon because I, I knew we needed one more episode for the fight. And this is, this is a problem that I've created for myself when I, when, as we progress through this campaign where it just so happened that we were doing eight episodes that were fitting nicely and then an interlude. And then that kind of fit nicely with the whole Aninism thing. It was a total accident, by the way. Um, but mm. after that happened two arcs in a row, I was like, oh, fuck it. I'll make it a thing. It'll be fine. And it's been fine. <laughs> and this was the first arc where I was like, fuck. Like, I don't have enough episodes to really get this comfortably uh, placed. I had to squish some things at the end. I don't know how it came across in the final product, but that is definitely how I felt. But we'll get to that later. It played nice, like as a game. Mm-hmm. Like I, I felt yeah. good. I feel like episodically, mm-hmm. the episode that is airing tonight as we record, which is the boss fight with Ryoka, mm-hmm. uh, definitely could have been two episodes. Like yeah, easily. I mean hell, it was <laughs> two li- hours and forty eight minutes. I literally <laughs> had to cut it into two pieces to upload it to our podcasting host. Yeah, so that's a, that's a clear Damn. indicator that it could yeah. have been two episodes yeah. just right there. And that's also. Um, a symptom of the fact that we are getting into high-level shit. And high-level boss fights take a long time. Because um, literally, I think the fight itself is over two hours, right? Yeah, like, the majority of the episode. We literally we start, start and then like, fight. <laughs> less than five minutes in, the fight begins. Right. And then mm-hmm. I think the last like 30 minutes is just... Exposition, exposition. afterwards, yeah. 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 Um, which, honestly, that... I, I considered, uh, now we're talking about Ryoka, the, the final episode a little bit, but I considered cutting it off right as the fight ended and then adding all that Lady Kamisa, hurl the Soul Eater into the sun, into the interlude. But, I thought uh, that would have been a cool way to do it. Right. I, I thought about it. I, I did. But we were there. I'm like, let's just do this. It was organic. Yeah. We ended up hashing yeah. it out organically. Yeah. So let's move on to the episode, The Devil's Workshop. And this is where things begin to take the humorous t- uh, turn. Needle juice. And I love the <laughs> Needle Master. I really do. Okay. He's the best. I also felt so bad for him. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, going in, I really didn't know if you guys were going to fight or befriend this guy. Um, I made him creepy on purpose because he is creepy. He's a creepy guy. But he's, he's generally a nice guy. But um, you guys didn't know that. And Echo was on a hair trigger, and that just it turned into a thing. But uh, but yeah, you guys venture further into the Bellerophon, find all these taxidermical um, statues, if you will, that are actually real devils that are being pinned up like marionettes. Yeah, like dolls. Like dolls, yeah. Um, all this display stuff, all this trophy stuff of Ryoka is like what she's conquered and what Kamisa is experimented on. Um, you, though you don't really know any of that at the time. Uh, and then you find the person who is marionetting all these devils, the needle master. Sorcery. <laughs> oh, sorcery, yeah. No, sorcery. Sorcery? Sakoski. Okay, it's gotcha. Naruto. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> um, and you guys proceed to talk to him. He's really creepy. He gets a little too close. Echo pulls the trigger. Starts a fight. You guys beat the shit out of him. <laughs> um, he begs you to Dude, spare his life. He'll juice. help you. He'll do whatever you say. He's actually not that much of a help. Like, he does give you guys some information, but his, his information is limited. And um, honestly, you guys proceed to keep treating him like an asshole, which is why he betrays you in the end. Um, but uh, I think uh, you also fight the Clockwork Abomination here, which was a fun fight. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't remember the details on how difficult it was. Do you guys remember that fight being particularly difficult? Didn't Sebastian go down? 
Sebastian, did you drop? Oh, people are getting paralyzed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I got paralyzed. Yeah. 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 Another paralyzer. Another paralyzer. Another I was trying paralyzer. to run it out of the room, and that was like not working. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I think I just left my friends to die. That was weird. <laughs> I got paralyzed, I mean, you and, you're, and you're gone. I'm like, I'm dead. I'm going to die. Yeah. I remember the guys being like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, I really thought that would work. So. Yeah. That that monster, by the way, I don't remember the challenge rating on it exactly, but it was a very strong monster, and you guys could have easily fought another one um, and been fine. Which is that's you guys are so crazy strong at this point. Um, even the Ryoka fight, I think she was challenge rating seventeen. Oh, and yeah. uh, and I brought in like I, was it two phantoms? So both phantoms were challenge rating fives. There was and, something else too, right? Yeah, and then, and the, then the there was thing. her Panther, which is based off of uh, Rio Oki her cat rabbit spaceship, which we're not going to get into the details of. Um, th- that was a challenge rating three. So you guys fought a challenge rating 17, two challenge rating fives, and a challenge rating three. And yeah, it took a long time, and I think some of you guys got beat up, but in the end, yeah. like you guys kind of trounced her. Um, well, again, we'll talk about that episode when we get to it. But <laughs> you guys are crazy strong. Uh, Devil's Workshop was when I really realized it. Any, any comments, concerns, statements about that episode before we move on? I mean, I'm pretty sure remembering, I think, Freeland, I think you soloed that clockwork thing. I think you were, like, by yourself frontlining, and I think I was in the back, like, spellcasting or something. Like, you basically yeah. handled that thing by yourself. Because <laughs> then Echo came in, and I think he finished it. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I'm me as Jake, am sad that we didn't kill Needlejuice, personally. <laughs> <laughs> Brian wants to kill Needlejuice, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, oh, well, that time is gone. We also, uh, I was d- trying to do my grease thing there really bad. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. It kept passing the strength save to of my lightning lure, which it makes sense. It was mind-bogglingly strong. I don't remember. Because I based it off the retriever monster, so I think it has strength of like 24, some obscene shit like Echo's that. Echo's got his tether on it, like, uh. <laughs> um, I, I was just oh waiting God. for the, the the demons or whatever to come out of their display cases. I don't know if that yeah. was ever a possibility oh, yeah. or not, but I was so freaked. I was like, okay, what are we going to do to trigger this to happen? I was like, because this is going to be scary, man. It, it was yeah. not going to be a possibility, but I okay. wanted the, the just the creepiness of having all these yeah. eyes on you and knowing yeah. like, it was creepy. Shit, these oh, things no. are alive. Yeah, for sure. I thought this dungeon. I was like, this is going to be fucking the end of Jumanji, where everything is out of the fucking board game, like oh, yeah. riding around the ship at the end. <laughs> yeah. That would be crazy. That would have been a crazy way to end it for sure. Uh, um, like all the animals too. I thought it was just going to be chaos in there. Yeah, like, running down the hallway. That like. that could have been nuts. <laughs> that, you know, all the all these adventures can go so many different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's move on. So the next episode was called Yoshigi. And this is where we venture into the Icky Labs and meet the Quasit Quartet, who um, I think, honestly, they were my favorite NPCs in the whole in the whole of the dungeon. I really love Una and all her mm-hmm. little her little brothers, and how disgusting Legis was. Um, going back and listening <laughs> to that episode, I was just cracking up at the interactions between everybody, and it was just it was wild. Um, and then at the end of this episode, you guys venture further. You find the Hiyoshigi, get attacked by the masks ones. Uh, Percy gets aged, but not really. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, um, but that, was, that was an interesting fight. You guys fought two ghosts, basically, is what I, I statted them off of. And I think at the tail end of the episode, you catch a glimpse of the child. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. So what did you guys think of that episode? I like that fight. 
yeah, it was a good fight with school. I love Echo's interaction. Just the fact he played off that he was like a new employee or yes. like an intern. So I fucking funny. love that whole thing, man. It was <laughs> they were just, just yeah. all right. Yeah, sure, okay. I was like, oh, this works. I was like, yes. Let's roll with it. <laughs> it was so awkward because you guys are just standing down the we're hallway like, a little uh, bit. Like, like, what do we do? Like, up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think we're, we're here to like, watch. Are these guys with you? And then and then you almost pulled the trigger in a fight right there. Actually, I, I, I oh yeah, yeah. almost was like I cut yeah, off the ear. I misread the interaction. <laughs> yeah, and I thought they were being hostile when they weren't. <laughs> loved, I love the whole thing. That whole it's a fair assumption. Yeah. Like one of them's a walking sphincter, right? Uh, well, yeah, the big one who wasn't there actually. Uh-huh. Uh, oh yeah, he was the, he, in he, the other room. Exactly. Oh, what was um, behind the 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 one room with the the, the retinal, retinal scan? Oh, that was uh, Camisa's uh, quarters, and there was a point where I thought you guys might go with her in there because she was going to retrieve the the blazing emblems from there, which is what she did. But she just left you guys behind because again, we were pressed for time. I was like, I don't got time to like describe a room and like just moving. But um, but yeah, um, I outside of some crazy checks, you guys weren't going to get in there. It would have taken like a crit, which would have been fun. That could have that could have changed things drastically. For sure. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, with like four enemies sitting right there and like trying to fuck with the door. Like, <laughs> yeah, because I was just like, okay, because, yeah, if you guys had managed to do it, it would have started a fight. That would have been an interesting fight because I think Legis was a. A booty hole. He was a. <laughs> what? Oh, fuck, what are the things called? The. Um, a flesh golem, but he was a, a demonic flesh golem. Uh, so he was. Butt. Yeah, he was like challenge rating seven <laughs> or something like that, plus the closets. That would have been fun. Um,. But that didn't happen. Instead, uh, you guys fought some ghosts, got an instrument, uh, saw a child. I guess we can move on. <laughs> Are we ready, Are we ready yeah, to move on? Yeah. So then yes. we get to the child scepter. Um, and what I wrote down for this episode was Pokemon forms, because God, Jake got a lot of forms this <laughs> yeah. episode. Um, dope. Yes. And I, I, I'm glad that I, I'm happy with the way it happened. I, yeah. I wish I would, would have been able to give you these forms, like starting a little bit earlier than now. And kind of spreading them out, but just the way the story is gone, and it's hard to, you know, I lose track of certain things, and I've lo- I lost track of all the awesome forms I was given. Jake, I was like, fuck it, I need to to rush and just give him a bunch because he's more than earned it at this point. And uh, so we did that. You guys found the scepter in the uh, one of Camisa's labs. This is also the episode where I start really highlighting this extra dimensional stuff mm, yeah. um, because I needed it to work later in Camisa's lab. For the mirror dimension thing, but also like I, I had some thoughts about the final episode, and I, I I almost want to integrate the mirror dimension thing into that. I ended up not doing that, but at the time I was like, I need to establish this stuff now. So that's what I did with the with the crazy spa rooms and the extra dimensional um, uh, menageries and stuff like that. Spa room was cool. One of my favorites. Yeah, yeah. You can't have a Tenchi episode without like a uh, a spawn bath. <laughs> yeah, the hot bath. Yeah, the hot bath. Yeah. Gotta have it. Gotta have it. Um, what else about this episode? This is the episode you... I think you talked to the princess in this one, too. You brought her instrument back. And she was a bit snooty and short with you guys, but that's how she is in the anime. Um, and uh, you got a piece of her soul. This is the first first bit of soul you guys got. I was so off-put by how short and snooty she was with me. Yeah, was, that's how she is. That's how she like, is. Hey, the last person was not like this. What's up? <laughs> yeah, she's just... She's just she's a, a snobby princess. Um, totally makes sense. But yeah, so um, you guys met the princess, and then you were about to meet the child, but I hadn't written anything, so I'm like, we're ending the episode right here. <laughs> um, any thoughts on the child scepter, on the Pokemon forms, 
the bathhouse, the scepter, the princess. I miss Bad Lobster. <laughs> bad Lobster. I, it was a like soupy tank that in the muddy Jake water, the the big tank. Oh from. yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, the crawdons. Uh, right no, on. that was dope. I was excited to. I was excited to get like high level CR uh, wild shapes because I think everything else up until this point was like two. I don't think I have a no. You gave me the ice spine, which was the three the vague walrus, yeah, which was a three. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I didn't really have very many threes, and then I didn't really have very like once I got the elemental shapes, which I used like a couple episodes when we fought the janitors. That's when I did the water elemental for the first time. That was cool, um, which was fun. Um, but yeah, no, it, I it was nice to get a different option instead of me using both of my wild shapes turning into an elemental and then us having to rest eventually. Um, it was nice to have two that I can just turn into that are both viable. Um, like that Tyrantrum, super strong. The Garchomp is like all of them are equally super strong. So I was like, oh man, like I, I have a uh, an embarrassment of choices here. Which yeah, I'm and, and you did end up with a, a surprise choice at the very end when we needed to I find did. something that could fly. I, did. I know. I did. <laughs> I so did. like, oh my god, I got all these Pokemon forms, and now we're like figuring this shit out at the very end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was kind of funny. Yeah, um, Freeland, any th- any thoughts on this episode? I I I. I really like the whole tank, just the, the whole creepiness of not being able to see into the tank, and he's like, I just, I, I like the, the whole visual creatures. of that. Uh, cool. Did we miss anything in that room? I, I was curious about that room that we wanted to go back to that by the fish room? tank. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, I was about to ask about that. The, oh, wait, which, which room? Because there, there's a void room, but then there's the room where you guys could not get break into it. Yeah, there was a panel or whatever we couldn't get into, and we thought about going back to try to get into it. Right. We just ran out of time, oh, so we didn't know if it was that. like a janitor closet or something else. You know, we're like, so oh, yeah. it was it was the room where Kamisa was keeping all the the soul gems that were Drags. designed to keep. Okay, so I guess here's some more. <laughs> the souls that were being kept in the the Clockwork Abominations that uh-huh. were operating them those were those were fiend souls that she was extracting oh, okay. from some of these bodies that they were they were collecting with the Needle Master. And oh, stuff. cool. And um, there was going to be some some active ones and some unactive ones, but it was basically a treasure trove where you guys could have punched open all these orbs and grabbed the gems out of. But uh, you guys couldn't get in, so and you guys never gotcha. went back to to reattempt it. Yeah. And then as for that that void door, um, that's the one that Kamisa goes through to get to her her bedroom from the upper floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's like a yeah. direct portal. From her upper oh. labs directly into her room. So she doesn't have to deal with the, the icky labs or the closets. Yeah. She doesn't care for any of them. She only stairs. talks to them when necessary. Fuck stairs. Yeah, that too. So moving on, <laughs> we get into the the wrap-up of the arc. Um, normally that happens in the final episode. In this case, it's the final two. Lady Kamisa, um, you guys end up talking to the child. Uh, let's talk about the child for a second here. Because um, I was really torn on how I was going to portray her. She's based off of... Uh, Prince Aika's sister, Princess Susami. Um, and Princess Susami is just a generally sweet, responsible, kind, caring person. Um, which is cool, but maybe not the most um, fun uh, character to, to roleplay as. And she, But she's got this weird thing in the show where um, they do a couple spin-off episodes where they, they, they go full anime magical girl with her. So I, I kind of put that into the way she was dressed in her persona in her dream which was fun just a little easter egg but we can move on she tells you uh whatever whatever's been going on obviously it, it's, it's not according to plan the plan didn't work you gotta go talk to Kabisa. she's the only one who could help you 
Um, that again me, is me as a DM saying, please, please move along. Please, we're running out of time. <laughs> um, and then you guys do. You guys go meet Kamisa. She pulls you into her mirror dimension. Um, now, I had a really cool idea for this that I did not get to do because we did not have time. My idea here was I wanted she was going to uh, conjure up a um, a pseudo Ryoka for you guys to fight, mm. and it was going to be for me as a DM to test how strong of a thing I needed to throw against you guys, and then she was going to give you guys oh it all happened into in the mirror dimension so it doesn't actually count against like your your spell mm. slots and all that other stuff. But we didn't have time for any of that, so we didn't do that. Uh, instead, she here's what you guys have to say. She tells you what she has to say. She's willing to help you if you guys don't kill her daughter. She totally wants you to not kill her daughter. She summons the Maijin, reveals that he's bullshit. Um, and I think retrieves the Blazing Emblems for you. Actually, before this happens, you guys run through the last Phantom Workshop I had and then into the room with the Warriors 2, um, which are the two Galaxy Police members of the anime. So absolutely um, blast the fuck out of Sebastian. <laughs> oh, yeah. They, yeah, they did, dude. They did. Oh, they my did. gosh. I remember being like, oh, fuck, no. <laughs> I wasn't, oh I wasn't expecting that. I was just trying to kind of peek in a little bit, kind of slowly move to see if they reacted, but it blasted me right away. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, Damn yeah, it. they did. That was fun. <laughs> um, also, I think the room before that was the room of the four helps, which... Um, Funnily enough, it fit very well with the in-game lore where there are four hells. Um, but it's also in the anime. There is, I think, during a carnival thing, uh, the character Kamisa's based off of has like a uh, a room of horrors or whatever for this carnival for this festival. Hmm. But the thing is, they walk in. They're actually like dimensional doors that go to these different like hell dimensions, and like everyone who's going in is not coming out because they're dying. Um, but she thinks it's hilarious. Um, so that was a, that was a ship of the cap to that episode. Um, the ultimate door puzzle. Yeah, the ultimate door puzzle. It's five doors in one. That was a door. They all go to hell. We, yeah. we sat boldly and pulled the levers and opened the doors. It was very. It was, I was very proud of us. Um, but yeah, then Kamisa gives you the blazing emblem, sends you on her way. You collect the child's energy. You go to the Warriors Two Room. You you inadvertently blow up the statues. That was that was a fun little scene. <laughs> um, you you get their energy. You get a taste of their personalities, and they're ripped from the show. Um, then you guys get to that final hallway. Use energy for door. Go up some stairs. Use energy for door. Go up some stairs. Use some energy for doors. What do you know? You're in the great shaft that's holding the, the Soul Eater, and Ryoka's voice comes out, and she's pissed. Needle. Juice or everything. <laughs> oh God! Um, juice. There's a cool hack that Will doesn't know about, where you can actually do like a reverse wall jump through one of the doors. Oh my God! And the NP, the like the triggers that check if you actually have the souls, like just assume you have the souls if you made it there, so you can actually get in without the souls. You speed run, speed that's run, a, that's speed a, run in my dungeon. That's a speed running trick in Will's dungeon. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't know. I exposed it. Um, that was not on on recording. <laughs> if, if it wasn't if it wasn't a um, actual recorded show and you tried to pull something like that, I might let it slide because it's hilarious. Yeah, I was in roll twenty, like clicking. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh shit, I found it." Um, so yeah, thoughts on this show? This this or this episode? This episode, from my perspective, was very rushed because I needed to get you guys to the final fight. But um, I didn't really we didn't really get to talk about like how what you thought of the personalities of these NPCs or the way it all played out. Oof. I mean, I actually uh, really thought the rush feel like towards the end was warranted, mm-hmm. 
and mm-hmm. like actually made the episode feel like very full. Yeah, yeah, I, okay. I enjoyed it. Okay, cool. All, all my re-listens were like, I remember like picking up on your vibes. Like it's it's go time. Let's let's get through this and be like, you know what? That's a cool kind of way. We already sludged through so much of this stuff. Like let's mm. just kind of slide through the rest, it so to speak. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't really feel to me like we like did anything too quickly. Okay, it's that's like good. It had the right pacing. Yeah, like the pacing needed a little, a little pick me up. Yeah, and I think also just mirrors the whole concept that we are we're on a time crunch, anyways. You know, like we True. had a certain time period that we had to get stuff done, so we kind of you know like Brian said, kind of slushed through the beginning, and then also in the end, he's like, wait, we don't know how much more time we have left. Let's 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 crank this out. So I think it just flowed well with the whole story arc. For sure, cool. at the end, yeah. It's, it's like when you're writing a poster board and you start spacing the letters. Like, oh, <laughs> like, oh fuck, it's not going to exactly, That's exactly what it's like. Um, but it felt right. It, but it felt right. It felt right. Yeah, yeah, it did, for sure. Okay, that's good. I'm glad. Um, yeah. How did the NPCs come across in this one? I'm very curious from an outside perspective because at this point, I've just abandoned any type of pretense and I'm just, we're, we're fucking doing it. And yeah, it was yeah, the Warriors too. The Warriors too. They were funny. I, I like them. Yeah, based, yeah, they're based off the two characters from um, Tenchi Universe, Kione and Mihoshi. I think they are the ones that kind of tipped me off about like, oh, they're all vastly different. Yes. So I was like, oh, okay, mm, yeah. that, that makes sense now. Like, yeah. I'm like, oh, they're goofy. I like them. Yeah, I like yeah. them. I always laugh. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how. I'm doing it. <laughs> that was another thing. I was like, we got to go. I can't <laughs> sit here and explain anything. We just got to go. It works. Um, They're just like, what the fuck? <laughs> I guess it's fine. Um, but yeah. So any any thoughts, comments, questions, concerns before we get to the final episode of the arc? Uh, I think the, the thing that um, not... I guess threw me off the most was just like the super casual drop of like the multiverse and shit. Oh like, yeah. Okay. Like them just be like yeah. super casually. Oh, well, from like, oh, another yeah. universe. Like so, I was like, the fuck we're not talking about this. We're not, you're not going to give us <laughs> no, any more. Let's definitely talk about that right now. So, um, that wasn't a thing until that very episode, like right before mm. when I was prepping the episode, um, I, I, you know, there is a story going on here with this dungeon exploring. You guys are figuring out who these people are, how they got here. You're figuring out their story. And so I have to come up with some sort of like resolution or for the final conflict um, or set up for the final conflict. And I'm, I spent I don't know how many hours trying to fit these characters and this story into this Drakenstar universe in a way that made sense, that felt right, that fit onto the wiki that I know Velocity writes. Thank you, Velocity. You're awesome. Um, And I couldn't fucking do it, guys. (laughs) I couldn't do it. It just didn't work. But what's great about that is the Tenchi universe, the various Tenchi shows, it's riddled with multiverse and time travel and all that other stuff. Like, every Tenchi is just a different parallel Tenchi universe. Um, And there's, like, a, a dozen different iterations of these characters. So, for me, it was like, here's another one. And this one, they found my universe. And they're leaving now, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, Very um, interesting. But I did cool. think it was fun. I feel like we yeah. had some precedent set for multiverse, like at least the this kind of setup. Like we have great old ones, and we True. have Carter Huttenberg, who is like designed off of 
like a kind of a dark towery feel which has like multiverse stuff you are right we've established there are more than one dimension we know that there are great old ones or something beyond the universe and we know that there is the universe which was also remade so you're right there was a little bit of precedence it's definitely something i want to address in character as echo though because that's Okay, time travel. Oh, uh, yeah, okay, whatever. You guys are definitely weird. Sure. <laughs> uh, I believe you. And now this, it's like, okay, I need to, I need to kind of like we should talk about it. Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm down yeah. I, I'm down to 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 DM the the conversation. Yeah, I wasn't sure if that's like an interlude thing like or Could be. Could be. I, I'm going to start writing soon, so it's going to be something that comes up. Okay. Sounds good. Um cool. we'll coordinate on it. Um anything else before we move on to this final fight? I I guess um, I guess the reason why I was so thrown thrown was because I thought that there was only like us and then like the hells is mm-hmm. what I thought like mm-hmm. the great old ones yes like I figured they were beyond kind of thing mm-hmm. and then like we've already talked about gods and stuff oh shit we've already talked about gods and stuff like being uh like also part of their own thing right but yeah there was just something about them being just super casual. No, I get it. This because like, yeah, this is different. different like, it is. all the other stuff was like planar in a way. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Sense. Yeah. This is like mm-hmm. a not, completely no. different reality. Yes. So it is different. It is yeah. different. Um, and I the thing like, is, they are <laughs> casual. Well, they're casual with it because okay, I mean, the characters they're based off of kooky all the characters. all these mm-hmm. kooky characters are thousands and thousands of years old. Every single one of them, yeah. and they were thousands and thousands of years old even before this thousand years they theoretically spent in the Dragon Star universe. Um, one of them is essentially a god anyways. Uh, Kim- Kamisa, or Washu, is literally one of the three gods who created the Tenji universe. Um, mm-hmm. Depending on where you are in the timeline, she either knows that or doesn't. Anyways, all this stuff is just everyday for them. So for yeah. them, it is cash. But um, but when it comes to, to, to our campaign setting, the way I figure it is, yeah, you have the Hells, and we're going to get to the Lost City of Kadath, and you have the, the universe of the galaxy, which... We've never really tackled. This entire universe is the galaxy. There are no other galaxies. There's nothing else out there. Um, So it's a very small universe. But um, the Hells are in a different dimension, but that dimension is still part of this universe. Same with the Lost City of Kadath and the Void Harrow as well, which is like, Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of like if you, it's it's if you flip the universe inside out, um, Mm. it's still, but you're still, you're walking on a different side of the same universe. Uh, these ladies are from a completely different universe that is almost no connection whatsoever to, and theoretically there would be uncounted amounts of universes. Yeah, that's so that's crazy. That's cool. yeah. <laughs> a that's a relatively popular concept. Yeah, so, like people mm-hmm. people kind of understand what this is. Right. Yeah. I mean, open up the the PHB. I'm pretty sure it says right there, like "Welcome to the multiverse, motherfuckers." Right. It does. <laughs> it really does. I think it's the DMG, actually. You open it up, and it's like, hey, you're, you're going to make a story in the Forgotten Realms. But it's not our Forgotten Realms. Fuck off with that. It's right. your Forgotten Realms. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, guys, let's do it. We're going to move on to the final episode of this story arc, which I haven't, I guess, I, I don't know. I don't really formally name the arcs, but um, I guess if I were to name this arc, I would call it the Bellerophon arc. So this is the final episode of the Bellerophon arc, Ryoka, the Devil Caller. Um, it's a big fight. It's a really big fight. She shows up, she hurls a giant fireball at you guys and <laughs> proceeds to swing her lightsaber at you guys and, like, almost never hit. Um, well, she does hit, it hurts, <laughs> but she almost never yeah. does. Um, you know, she's got a few minions. 
there was flying dinosaurs and a bunch <laughs> of other bullshit. I'm going to be yeah. honest. This fight was very long, and I, <clears throat> I had a lot going on in my head. So it really was a big blur to me. Um, yeah, let us know if we hit round 10 accurately or not. I think we missed it by one round. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was a blur for me, but it was a fun blur. But, like, oh, yeah. I just want to know, what were your guys' thoughts, concerns, comments about this crazy, crazy fight? I have a general concern. I had a D10 that was counting the rounds, and I just fucking forgot about it for, like, three turns. <laughs> I'm very concerned about that. I, like, remembered to do it and then forgot immediately. Oh, there's, there's a lot. Combat, combat is very concentration heavy, so. Yeah. It was, it was intense, man. I was, like... It got to the point where I was like, I don't know if we're going to be able to take her down because she was, you know, regenerating health. We're doing everything we had at her, and she was still standing. I'm like, man, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to take her down before she takes me down at this point. I was like, yeah. I, I just I just don't know. It was it was a long, drawn-out fight. I mean, not drawn-out in a bad way, but it was just a long fight. And I was like, I don't, I don't know if... If Sebastian, he's a heavy hitter, but he doesn't have that stamina. I don't know if he can go, you know, 15 <laughs> rounds and right. still still be uh, able to, to hang in there. But yeah. it's it's funny that that's what you felt because on my end, I'm feeling like these guys, my guys, my monsters are barely holding on enough to make this fight as epic as it's supposed to be. I got um, the same exact vibes as the Carter Huttenberg fight. Mm-hmm. I felt the mm-hmm. exact same way. Right. And I was kind of using similar tactics. I'm like vanishing outside the battlefield yeah. and stuff. I'm like, fuck, I can't get hit that much. You know, yeah. one of the things that I've struggled with, and I think I've got some better ideas of how I'm going to approach it, is um, the fight was tough for you guys, as it should have been. But I think out of all my, my attack rolls, I think I missed 60 to 70% of all my rolls. And that's the thing is like, if I had made the fight easier, then you guys would have trounced it completely. Yeah. But if I had made it any harder, or if I had hit more consistently, like you guys would have got your asses beat. So it's yeah. it's just, it's difficult. It's difficult for me to find the balance. I've got a better idea how I think I'm going to do it. I think I'm going mm-hmm. to up attack roll bonuses and lower damage output. Um, oh, okay, we'll yeah. see. We'll see. I, I I have to really look at it. I'm happy with how the fight came out, though. I, I am. It's just. That's one of the things I struggle with, and um, I'm glad to to know that uh, the fight had the intended effect, at least on you, Freeland. We had an interesting, oh, sure. like, flavorful combat. I think there yeah. was nothing wrong oh, with it, even if it was a little unbalanced in our favor. Right. The the T Rex flying around, the fighting on the wall was fun. That was a fun bit. <laughs> that was so cool. Was I just wall, picture all the blocking, of it. the teeth and yeah. shit. Yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. Uh, echo, visually, echo hiding underneath. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Aesthetically and visually, it was definitely a fun fight. It was hard because it, it ended up being that, like, that battle of attrition, like, yeah. Brian, like how you were saying the yeah. Carter fight was, because she just kept on disappearing, and I was like, fuck, yeah. do I... Like, I was, I was fighting with myself the whole time, because I was like, do I unwild shape and just try to fairy fire, like, the shit out of this place, and then hope she doesn't hit me and take me down because I only had like 40 HP she was putting out mm. you know yeah. like 40 50 damage a hit and she was hitting like three times so I was like well fuck if she hits me once I'm dead she hits me two more times I'm actually dead so I was like I don't want to not wild shape um, but it was definitely in my head and then the second that Echo turned the fly off which by all means um, you were definitely well, off put by that. Like, like worked in our favor though, because like that's what 
needed to happen. But the reason yeah. why I was off put was I was like, I can't hit her now. Like I was like, I <laughs> right. can't do anything to her now. You're playing the waiting uh, game now. Yeah. Exactly. So like it was definitely it was tough. But then the second that we figured out, you know, the flying wild shape on the fly, which Will, that was uh, great, you know, uh, that, <laughs> yeah. that we did that. Um, yeah. That ended up being like a, just a dope part of the thing that I got the, the Neuvern and then it was just super strong and then fucking Echo uh, hasted me. So then I was yeah. able yeah, to that do... Yeah, that, that, that was wild. Fucking it was nasty. Flying the like super flyby attacks were gnarly. <laughs> yes. That was yes. crazy yeah. cool. Yeah. Doing like flips like on the person. Yeah. Right there. It just had so much <laughs> movement. I, did, I think I had like 180 or something like that. I want to <laughs> say. Crazy. Anime vanishing and shit around yes. the battlefield. Uh, um, so yeah, no, that was dope. Yeah. I, I custom built Ryoka. I think I told you guys I mixed the stats and abilities of a Skull Lord and a Death Knight. Um, but I also like I, I got it flavored just right where everything she did is exactly what she does in the fucking anime. She's a powerhouse. Some of the best scenes in that show are just Ryoko kicking ass. And um, I really wanted to, to she's my favorite anime character of all time. I, I don't know if That's I said cool. that on the show. I probably have undisputed. And I, I love anime. There's a lot of anime I like. Ryoko is my favorite anime character of all time. So it was personal for me. I really wanted a good fight. And I'm. I'm very happy that y'all indulge me to do this because this is the most indulgent thing I think I've ever done in a D&D game, let alone on a recorded campaign. So thank you guys. I hope yeah, it was fun. Cool. I had fun. It was, it was wild. That was awesome. Was yeah, I got to fun. do Ranger Danger. Oh, yeah. yeah. One day we'll finish oh, Ranger yeah, Danger. Yeah, we got to finish yeah, it. We do. Yeah, if you guys want to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash dungeoncast, or I think we're going to be starting a join button on YouTube that's going to like kind of more directly... It's like Patreon for you too. Uh, you can like join up and like get specifically for Super Quest Saga, so we can like yeah. okay, kind of separate cool. that, that cool. a little bit. But if you guys want the OST for this show, there was a lot of it in this arc. I'm going to be updating yeah. the Patreon very soon. Um, that's going to include all the stuff from the last interlude up until now. Um, should be like I think we had almost a combat per episode, or like minus two. I think we did. Yeah, not this this was a, the most combat heavy I think we've done for an arc. Most arcs only have like three, four fights tops. This had like eight. Yeah, I think I got yeah. organ into almost all of them because I oh, had you cool. know, space pirate ship. Hell yeah, <laughs> fits Badass. the vibe. Yeah. Uh, yeah, So yeah, you can you can definitely check that out. All the OST for the entire show is on Patreon. You can go check it out. It's like the ten dollar tier silver piece or electrum. Like so one of those. One of those. That <laughs> yeah, doesn't matter. <laughs> You'll see it in the description. But yeah, if you're interested in that, you can go check that out. Um, I think once the show ends, I'll probably end up releasing that on like Bandcamp or something like that. That'd be dope. Yeah, it'll just be out there. Oh, yeah. Um, so before before we uh, completely wrap it up, is there anything else you guys want to say about the arc, about your character, how they're feeling before and after? Just any general mm-hmm. thoughts? Ooh, man. I was talking to... <laughs> I was talking to Brian uh, mm-hmm. that me as Jake was having uh, troubles with what we did with the Soul Eater. <laughs> I was like, oh. Percy, Percy is very happy with what we did with it. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think she wanted Ramazal to have it. Yeah. Uh, but me as Jake, I was fighting with with myself, and Ooh. I was like, man, In like, what way? I, Video game I, Jake I, wants a nuke. Oh, it's a nuke <laughs> for sure. But well, like, <laughs> I didn't want to keep it. Like, I didn't want like. Freeland to have it. I didn't want, um, well, like, I just kind of, like, I guess I was rationaling with myself, and I was like, well, you know, like, Ramazal's in the Void Harrow, like, he 
he's kind of separated from everything. Like, yes, he has influence over shit, but, like, what's what's the worst that he can do with just more power? He's already fucking strong. Uh, like, more power isn't going to, like, push him over the edge kind of thing. Just because I was worried about the uh, the ramifications of what we just did. Uh, Percy is not scared, but I am scared of what's going to happen. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There there will so, be ramifications. We'll see how yeah. it goes. So we'll much of that depends on Sebastian's report. Yes. Yeah, capital mm-hmm. RAM. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, um, if you got... Man, get it. I don't want to reveal too much, but there would have been some yeah. very interesting repercussions <laughs> if you had given it back. Um, yeah. like, I mean, end, end game, like after the final episode re- repercussions. So... Yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't think giving it back was ever an option anyways, but if you guys had, you would have been giving him, like, a million free souls to fucking pack his armies full. Um, yeah, I figured... Uh, I, have you ever played uh, Dragon Age Inquisition or just any of the I Dragon have. Ages? I love, I love like, Inquisition. It's like something like that. Like, you make a decision in the game, and then you don't find out <laughs> the, the shockwaves of that until you finish the game. And then right. they're like, oh, hey, like... That one decision you did over here, guess what? You just fucked up this whole country and this whole country just yep. because you made, like, this short-term kind of thing. So, like, it's that's just always in my head because of those kind of games, that Mass Effect, like The Witcher. Like, all those games have those kind of, like, okay, you can decide now, but you're not going to see what's going to happen until way fucking later. And yep. then you see it in your sad ending, and you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just that's, um, those are the ideas I was having yeah. around the Soul Leader. But, yeah, yeah, I... Forgot to even mention that as we talked Intense. about this final episode of like yeah afterwards you guys did choose to spare Ryoko Ryoka sorry um, and Kamisa did talk to her and convinced them to leave and gave over the Soul Eater told you basically what you guys are dealing with she gave you her recommendation of hurling into a star but she was wiping her hands clean of it. And you guys had a long discussion about it, and you guys did decide to throw it into a star, and you ended an entire star system with it. Um, but you, destroy, you destroyed it. Nobody needed that. You shit. released a million souls back into the <laughs> galactic, uh, um, what's it called, um, ecosystem. It was the galactic spirit, like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I, I, no, I think that's what the galactic spirit would have wanted, because otherwise those souls would have been lost to, the, to, to her. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That was definitely the... Uh, I think the best case scenario for Percy was like yeah. because seeing the Soul Eater like eat up all of the souls in the very beginning of the of the dungeon was like rough. Like I was yeah. like, oh, that probably didn't feel very good for Percy to see that right there. So yeah. like releasing them and like having them at least find peace, like that was definitely like okay, sick. And I'm glad that Sebastian, or I'm happy that Sebastian did uh, go along with it because I think me and Brian had like a little confab that day at work and we're like do you think as we are right now like with all of our spell slots gone and everything like that like do you think that we can take sebastian in a fight and we were and we were talking and we were not sure because i i had used all my wild shapes like Uh. i was i had 40 fucking hit points like i had two spell slots like i was like i don't think we can take him uh and i was like and i i'm worried about the fact that maybe at some point in this in this game <laughs> we're gonna have to fight sebastian and we already fought carter so i was like oh well shit man like i was just thinking about all these snowballs and everything and i was like yeah oh, fuck. like this is gonna make me sad <laughs> yeah. so um what about uh, brian freeland what about you guys final final thoughts on things before i, I kind of move on to look into the future 
I, I think with Sebastian, it was the decision with the Soul Eater. It was tough. Like, I think Sebastian, of course, wanted to give it to his patron. You know, he feels like it gives him more power and roots return he'll get more power and he's he's on this power trip right now it's like i i need this power and i need to arm my patient with power to see if we can take down this crawling chaos and that's in, in his mind that's the only option it's like hey we need to stock up and power up and just prepare for this final fight mm-hmm. but at the end of it he especially after the Maijin, after hearing percy and stuff he's he's realized that he's put his comrades on this path because of his decisions mm-hmm. And it's kind of like he has to think about what he's doing now and how it affects everybody and kind of get their feedback instead of just jumping into things, thinking it's the best thing for the party. Now he's double, he's, he's taken back a little bit. And it's like, okay, wait, let, let me think about this. Instead of just reacting like, hey, this is the only way we can do it. The only way we can do it is just we have to gain power. We have to just keep, you know, doing the wrong thing pretty much. But he, has, <laughs> he feels like it, it, it's, there's always been this feel in him like he's not, like we've talked about, it, he's not strong enough. So he's always looking for something to, to get the upper hand to power himself up, to get more power and not thinking how it affects other people. And he just feels like that's the, the only option. But now he's kind of realizing like, maybe there's other ways to do this. But it, it was it was a struggle for, for that character for sure because mm. he, he was torn both ways. And at the end of the day, day it's like, okay, well, we'll, we'll do this as a, as a family, as a group, whatever the, the majority votes on, that's what we'll do, so... Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. For me, um, I was kind of rolling with the ends justifying the means for a long time, mm-hmm. and then with what happened with the Mijin, Echo's just kind of like these aggressive options are super appealing to him right now. They're he's not really thinking about it. Either. Oh, he's I was like, saying like fuck you, Ramazal. Yeah. <laughs> nah, fuck that fool. <laughs> Absolutely. Fuck Absolutely. all this <laughs> devil shit. Like fuck this soul right. eater. Fuck right. that star. I guess. <laughs> Poor star. Yeah. Didn't do nothing to nobody. So I think one of my other things is going to be wanting to talk to Sebastian, like kind of about what what's happening, and like definitely rehash like that that beat. Like there's there's enough there are other ways. Like we'll find them, you know. Right. Yeah. I, I think that's a good conversation for us to have because now it's not, you know, we're on the border. Me and Jake were like, oh, we're gonna have to fight this fool. I've got like <laughs> fucking level two spell slots and not a lot of HP, and yeah. like it's gonna be the AC versus. The same, you know, basically, how long I can sit there and shield you? Uh, it wasn't going to be good. So now it's turned into like, okay, we can talk this out. We should talk this out. The time is now. Yeah. Like we made a big decision. What happens next? We need to like be careful with like the decisions we make from here out to tiptoe lightly. Right. There's probably <laughs> going to be hard decisions ahead. Yep. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, moving forward, get ready for it, guys. This is it. This is just going to be a straight shot to the end. we got a lot of heavy plot narrative stuff coming up. Um, I'm excited yeah. for this interlude. Um, I'll be coordinating with all three of these gentlemen over the next two weeks as we get this episode ready for you guys. But, um, yeah, everything's going to be coming to a head here. Um, there's no more playing around. Um, things are probably going to keep getting grimmer, too, as we get towards the end, but we'll see. I can't really predict all that too closely. But um, I'm very nervous, personally, because the way I feel about it is uh, the hardest thing about any story is figuring out how to stick the landing, and mm. um, I'm out of time when it comes to that. Like the, the, the landing needs to be getting stuck starting with this interlude, so here we go. For sure. You guys know how animes have like different post-credits songs? Mm-hmm. And like like maybe characters are dancing that you normally wouldn't see doing that type of stuff. Sure. Yeah. I absolutely. feel like all the Tenchi Muyo characters and us are like 
dancing at the end to like a funky beat. Hell yeah. I, I was like, oh, how am I going to work in Bolera funk into this? <laughs> like as a joke. This is a record called the Bolera funk and we're all just dancing to it at the end. Like, yep. Oh, that's, that's awesome. That's canonical. That's you how You hurl the, the soul eater into the star it explodes. Sebastian's nervous about talking to Ramazal about yeah. it. Everybody's on edge. Boom. Smash cut. Credits roll. Funky music. Everybody's dancing. <laughs> <laughs> If you guys like the show, if you like what we do here, please leave an iTunes review. Please tell your friends. Please please leave a comment below. Um, yeah. Subscribe. All that good stuff. Um, help support us on Patreon. And uh, we will see you guys here next time on SuperQuest Saga. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.